Perfectly. I'm just um, sending another invite now to the Andromeda yeah, account. How, how how are you? Is it is it morning for you? Say what? Oh no, it's uh, one in the afternoon, one o'clock. Oh right, yeah, that's perfect then. Yeah. Oh, yeah, lovely. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I didn't know whether it is early morning for you guys. No. Um, so if. Cody's there. I have sent an invite. Right, I'll send another one. I don't know whether he's receiving it or not. He's he's around. But looking forward to this. Been been waiting to have a good tra- good chat and find out more about Andromeda. And if we um, I think tonight if we just cover a lot of a lot of the basics and things like that, and then we can do sort of another one next week. Okay. Sort of diving deeper into the roadmap and and how like the ADO works and AOS properly and things like that. So can you, can you hear us, Cody? Sure can. Hey, lovely. Perfect. Right. Well, I think we, we may as well start and and get straight on with the um, spaces and yeah, pleasure having you both on here. Um, Obviously tonight we're talking about Andromeda, uh, Cosmos SDK uh, built chain. And yeah, if you can just introduce yourselves, guys and give us a little uh, bit of your background and then we can uh, carry on from there thank you uh i guess i'll go first so hey everybody uh my name is myron cook i'm uh currently helping to steer product development at uh andromeda labs my uh my journey here has been pretty much uh, anything but conventional uh, i started uh in the early 2000s with my own production company called peak summit productions and it was mostly entertainment but I, uh, I I did everything from the ground up. Uh, so uh, at the time, I was the only person in the in the region doing uh, a bunch of crazy tech stuff that, you know, like the websites, the stores, the ticketing, all that stuff. I was the guy for the region for that. So the experience was really intense, uh, and it taught me how to how to behave under pressure, which took me into the film industry, which honed that. <laughs> you know, uh, and then from there, I uh, got into a uh, got into a. a uh, uh, the tech industry and worked at a several several companies, but then I ended up uh, working with uh, Cody at a place called uh, Dialectic Applications, and he's really the one that dragged me into the Cosmos ecosystem. I was already into crypto; I'd uh, you know uh, pretty much stuck to Bitcoin and Ethereum. That's the, you know that's all I knew. But uh, when he uh, pulled me into the Cosmos, I was like, oh man! So there's this whole other side of this. Uh, so. Fortunately, uh, when uh, Andromeda uh, started doing their thing, uh, I kept up with them. And uh, eventually I ended up you know, getting pulled into the company. And so here I am uh, getting you know, the opportunity to uh, work next to some actual luminaries. 
So I'm really excited about this. Yeah, that's great. No, thank you. Um, and then, yeah, Cody, if you want to give a little um, intro for yourself. Yeah, I've been a, a open source freedom fighter for almost uh, 25, almost 30 years now, I guess. Uh, I got involved with the open source um, space back in the early 90s. Um, was one of the, the pioneers in the Linux community, building out uh, different systems over there. Uh, as a teenager, and then in the 2000s, did a bunch of uh, innovation work um, in social and uh, in social media and um, sort of the Web 2.0 craze as we went through the 2000s. Um, did some work on pioneering the co-working model, um, where we now have you know co-working spaces. There's multiple co-working spaces in every town now, which is kind of neat to see. I, I founded the second one, um, first co-op uh, back in 2006. So. Um, Really understood the the implications of technology, uh, open source, um, ways of learning, collaborating, building systems that were beneficial for all parties. Um, and a lot of that comes into like sort of the game mechanics. And one of the questions I get very often is, you know, when did you get into, when did I get into blockchain? And I always tell people, well, you know, sometime around the mid 90s. And they look at me and they say, how did you get involved with blockchain in the mid 90s? I mean, Bitcoin wasn't even around until, you know, 2009, 2010. I said, yes, that's that's correct. But all of the technologies that we, we use to build blockchains were all being developed and pioneered back in the you know in the '90s and two th early 2000s. So things like BitTorrent, things like um, all these different uh, distributed systems and decentralized systems were all uh, being built around that same time. So um, yeah, I got into Bitcoin. It kind of made sense. It seemed obvious. Uh, got into Ethereum. Thought Ethereum was really great as an engineer and someone who likes to create ethereum was a, a really great place for me um and after developing on ethereum for three or four years uh, was one of the co-creators of the erc 721 standard that we now know as non-fungible tokens or nfts and um when we when we created that that standard uh, and got it pushed through the um the uh, improvement process over on ethereum um I, I thought we were going to get really robust uh, financial applications. I thought we were going to be getting, you know, everything from bonds to insurance to, you know, all kinds of real world assets or, or things that have actual, you know, value backing them. And instead we got monkey pictures and um, rainbow unicorns. And so for the last, you know, for the next like three or four years, I was sitting there going, there's got to be something else. There's got to be a better way to do this. And it started to occur to me that, that, Ethereum, while it, it, it proved that, there, that smart contracts have a place in this world, it was still a, a first-generation smart contract platform, or you could say a second-generation blockchain, extending what, what something like Bitcoin can do, making it better, and iterating upon that. And so, um, But it still wasn't good enough to build the type of robust systems that we need in order to, to push this industry forward. Um, you know, right now, Ethereum is... is sort of buckling under its own weight with um, with issues around, you know, 15-second block times. It took them three and a half years to, to figure out how to get proof of stake implemented. Um, you're still spending anywhere from $30, $40, $50, $60, $70 uh, per transaction to get stuff done over there. And that's great if you're if you're moving, you know, some, some real coin. But if you're just, you know, a normal person, you know, which, which blockchain is supposed to serve, you need something that has has better uh, performant uh, qualities to it. So um, back in 2000, 2001, right around COVID, we were all, you know, everybody was all staying home all day and 
sort of researching and looking for a better platform. I knew there had to be something better out there. And that's when I found the Cosmos. I, I realized that the, these Cosmos chains, their, their um, smart contract language of choice is um, Rust coupled with Cosmosm, which is a much more performant uh, system. It's better written. It's better, um, better architected. It's not a, design, uh, a uh, um, domain-specific language like Solidity. And it's a derivative of C, which is, you know, what pretty much runs the world these days. So C and C++ are languages that were built back in the 60s and 70s, and we're still using them today. Everything on your, on your Apple is, is a derivative of C. Um, so looking at this and seeing these, these this Cosmos blockchains and this quote-unquote internet of blockchains really smashed the whole idea that there was an L1, L2 type narrative going on. And if you look at the way that systems were built through the 1960s and 1970s, you didn't have like a layer one, layer two type system. You had a fabric, you had a, a mesh network. And that allows for, for growth in, in much, much faster ways. And so when you look at the cosmos and you see that we now have probably close to about 100 chains, legitimate chains that are out there, um, you have capacity. You have capacity to bring on more users, more transactions, more value, more opportunities, more development opportunities. And um, about... 36 months or coming up on 36 months ago, three years ago, um, um, there was a group of us that got together and decided to start building what we call the very first um, Web3 operating system. And that Web3 operating system is is basically a set of smart contracts that are deployed onto, onto each of the blockchains in the Cosmos, just like, just like you would install an operating system like Windows on multiple computers. You would install this um, operating system on multiple blockchains. Because when you look at a blockchain and you take a step back, it really is just a computer. It's a computer with virtualized hardware. It's distributed hardware behind the scenes. But really, it's just a freestanding computer. It computes. And so um, by developing a, a standard operating system that, you know, sort of a one-size-fits-all interface and oper operative um, oper you know, operating system, um, we're able to, to allow users to, to interact and build and, and start composing uh, different things from across the chain. So right now, when you're on your computer, you just use websites. You don't know what their IP addresses are. You don't know what kind of web server they are. You don't know any of the technology behind. You just know that when you click this button, that happens. And that's what we want to bring to blockchain. We want to make it as easy as possible for anyone and everyone to not only use, but also create and develop. You don't need to be a, a have a master's degree in computer science to be able to to use a computer these days. And, and that's about where we are um, at this, with this, at this current juncture. So, um, Andromeda brings a lot of tools and a lot of tooling for, um, creators, people that may not, you know, have a master's degree in computer science. They'll be able to create and provide value to the system, um, out of the gate. So that's kind of, uh, I guess my background and, and where Andromeda sort of started and has come from and, uh, yeah, we can get to it. Yeah, no, thank you for that uh, in-depth analysis. That was, uh, yeah, that was pretty crazy. I mean, when you mentioned the 90s, I sort of had flashbacks of running around the school playground then. So yeah, <laughs> it just shows out the age difference there, I think, uh, a little bit. But yeah, um, I think you sort of explained a little bit. I was going to ask you, um, obviously, to explain Andromeda and when it started. Um, so, I mean, you sort of covered um, that you started sort of 2020, 2021. Um, <laughs> yeah, rolling it out there. Um, but yeah, do you want to maybe explain a little bit more just about uh, Andromeda and maybe just give us sort of the basis on um, how AOS works and, and what the ADO is? Yeah, so the, um, 
the AOS is the Andromeda operating system. Um, it's a set of smart contracts that are written in Rust and compiled into Cosmwasm. And I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm going to try to speak both technically and you know at a high level and a low level both ways because I'm sure we have listeners in here that are programmers. Um, and if I state if I get too too uh, general, they'll start asking the wrong questions. And if I get too technical, I'll probably miss some of the more um, end user types. So um, it's roughly right now our our code base is, is fairly large. It's about nineteen thousand lines of Rust code, which is a, a very very large project when you start talking about uh, languages like this. If you look at something like Uniswap, you're probably looking at anywhere from two to three thousand lines of code. If you look at um, some of the more sophisticated uh, platforms out there, they're probably in that same same route. So we're this is quite a bit of code. It's a it's a very large, extensive set of uh, concepts. We roll out things like a file system. And, you know, right now, when you say a file system, you think of a hard drive and you think of files being placed on a hard drive, like a movie or a JPEG or, you know, or a Word document or something like that. Let's not, and for the, for the, for the sake of, of, of blockchains, let's not worry so much about, um, about those kind of things, but let's talk about assets, right? Because now we have these computers that have assets on them. Um, some of them have financial, um, value. Some of them are based around scarcity. So, you know, you could look at an NFT, a profile picture, a, you know, uh, any number of, of art that someone might, might, uh, collect, um, or items in a game, you know, a sword or a shield or a gun or whatever, what have you. So those items can, can exist on a file system, uh, on these blockchains. And that allows for people to, um, to interact with them in a way that's familiar. So right now, if you own a, a uh, NFT or some sort of uh, you know object out there, let's say you have a position in a, um, in a liquidity pool or you have a, uh, a debt somewhere, like there's no way to really see that. There's no way to like understand it. You have to go to like a, a different website for each of those different products. And what, what Andromeda does is it brings all of that into one interface. So you open this up and on chain, you're able to interact with all of these different protocols and chains inside the cosmos and potentially beyond. There are ways that, that we can integrate our operating system into other chains like Ethereum. Um, however, it just takes a little bit of, of I guess we're, we're probably six months, maybe a year away from being able to figure out how to do that. But there are, there are possibilities there. Um, and so inside this operating system, it does have a web, uh, web browser component to it. So you do have a, a web interface where you can, you know, use a, uh, a website just like any other. And we're, we're using a lot of the same design patterns that you see in your modern operating systems, be it Windows or iOS or Mac OS or Linux. You know, there's a file browser, so you can go through and see the different uh, components in these objects. And those, those objects we call Andromeda digital objects. And behind the scenes, they are really just NFTs for the most part. They, they use the NFT um, uh, wrapper to assign ownership and transferability and that kind of stuff. But unfortunately, whenever someone says NFT, they automa people automatically think art. They think, you know, different uh, collectibles. And we needed to use a different term to describe what we were doing. So we came up with something that hasn't been used before, a digital object, an Andromeda digital object. And this can represent any number of things. So it's a very, very um, generic term that we use to describe the assets that exist on, on this operating system. Um, the nice thing about it is when you have this sort of interface and you can start seeing the different um, 
files that are the different objects on the system, um, you have context menus. You can right-click on them and hit send to and send it to a different chain or right-click and make private and it automatically takes care of it by sending it to something like secret or penumbra. And all this stuff happens behind the scenes. The operating system takes care of all that extra overhead. Just like whenever you send a file to a friend on your you know, Mac OS or AirDrop or uh, a, a network directory on your on your laptop, you can do that with AOS. The, it's, it's abstracting a lot of those different hard-to-use things into, um, into a common interface. And so that's kind of the, the idea behind it. Um, there's an economic engine, so people who create on, these, on this platform can get uh, paid back for their work. Um, if you provide value to the, to the public and someone wants to use your application or use your functionality, then maybe they pay you a nickel or maybe a dime, 10 cents, 20 cents to use your application. Or just like we do with our phones, you know, we, 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 um, we pay two or $3 for a game, right? And, and two or $3 to, to one person isn't a whole lot, but to the game developer, if they're able to service, you know, a need for 50,000 people at $3 a pop, it's $150,000. So, you know, when you start looking at scale, when you start looking at onboarding the next, you know, billion users onto the, into Web3, you know, if you create something that everybody needs, you have a potential for, you know, a billion customers out of the gate once, you know, once we get there, of course. But there's, there's this larger, larger design space that we're trying to address. Um, and it needs to be done at a very, very high level, not just, um, not just, uh, you know, piecemeal, like we've been seeing a lot of the technology being developed. Yeah, thank you. No, well explained. Um, no, I think you're right. And and talking about the NFTs, it's uh, it is a funny one because, like you say, everyone associates NFTs with art, and and I look at it completely different because I see it in the future with things like house deeds and things like that that need to eventually come on chain, and they will be NFTs themselves, and and everything like that. Um, so, can you sort of explain who the your target audiences at the moment and what the benefits are for them i assume it's you sort of it's more for developers at the moment yeah at the moment it's probably developers it's people who are more technical maybe seasoned um seasoned blockchain users that are already familiar with all of the concepts because it'll be easier to marry um but not not too long after i think um we should be able to get the product into a place that um that's really accessible for maybe the next, you know, the next group of users that are that need to get in. And there's there's kind of a pecking order. The people who are the most brave, the people on this on this Twitter space that are listening right now, um, you know, these are some brave people. You know, we're less than one percent of the entire population in the world that has adopted this technology that uses it on a daily basis that follows, you know, all the all the different uh, twists and turns that our industry gives us. And um, you know, it's it, there's going to be a point where the next group of people feel comfortable, and we we have to do a good job as a community, as a as a as a movement, to make sure that that it, it makes it a whole lot easier. Because I think everybody on this call right now, like if you set your your parents down to um, to look at this um, this technology that we work on, they'd say, I don't even know where to begin. What what do you mean a wallet? What 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 is that? Oh, you need to use a bridge. Wait, wait, hold on. What's what's a bridge? Well, you know, there's all these different terms that we use, and we use them interchangeably every day because we're used to it. But we have, you know, there's there's a go talk to your average your average friend, you know, out there in the world, and and try to talk blockchain to them. It's a different language. It's they have no idea what you're talking about. They don't know what a what aping into something is, or what you know uh, liquidity pools are, or you know what the APR is on a 
on a um, lending protocol. Like, I mean, these are terms that are so foreign to people. And we need to we need to do a better job at making it easier for people to understand. And Andromeda uh, really really aims to service that. Yeah, I really I like the uh, I like the sort of goal that you're you're aiming at there. Um, like you say, so what? Um, so sort of, if I can go back, when like you say, when you first saw um, when you first started Andromeda, what what was the niche that you spotted in the market? Why why did you why did you feel that there needed to be an operating system um, built on chain? It's a good question. Um, so the the concept for this operating system started about seven or eight years ago. I've been working on this idea in the back of my mind for a while, kind of waiting for the technology to catch up. Like I knew, I knew one day something like this needed to be created, but, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, most of the time entrepreneurs don't have a whole lot of patience and they, they strike out, you know, pretty early. They, they get, um, uh, really excited about something and they don't, they don't think about the timing and timing for everything is, is the most important. So, you know, I probably could have tried this back, um, I probably could have tried this back five, six, seven years ago on Ethereum, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gotten very far. You, the technology wasn't ready for it. And it wasn't until about 2000, 2000, uh, I'm sorry, 2020, 2021, um, that the technology was finally ready, uh, to get there. And so the niche, I don't really look at it as a niche. We don't look at ourselves as a niche product at all. Actually, it's a, um, it's, it's, taking a big step forward and trying to wrap your arms around all of the complexities that have emerged over the last 10 years and abstracting them away, abstracting them down to a, to easy concepts for people to use. If we want to sit here and talk about different encryption algorithms and different, you know, um, consensus algorithms and get real, real nerdy. Yeah, we can do that all day. We can, we can definitely do that. But, you know, if you ask anybody and I'm going to, I'm going to go back to abstraction for a second here. If you go and ask anybody what, how many cores their processor has on their phone or their or their laptop? They have no idea. If you ask them, you know, what their DHCP lease time is on their on their network connection, they have no idea. If you ask them, you know, what 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 kind, what what Wi-Fi um, uh, version they're using, they have no idea because all that stuff has been removed from the equation and shit just works. And so that's where we need to get this stuff. We've got to do a better job at it. And what I see in the industry right now, and, and no offense to anybody on the call that might be on, on one of these protocols, but like, you know, we keep seeing um, the same uh, group of, of developers building the same products over and over again, refining them, absolutely. But it's it's kind of a self-serving measure where it's like, you know, there's, you know, on the horizon, there's a, there's another DEX coming out so we can trade more DEX tokens for, for DEX purposes. You know, it's... It's a lot of that kind of stuff. And we need to move the industry forward so that we can start building real applications, real functionality, solve real problems, not just, hey, I think this DEX is going to have lower trading fees than that DEX, but the model looks better. So I might want to trade my DEX tokens for other DEX tokens. We need to get out of that mentality and start actually building real things. And in order to do that, we need better tooling. And that's what AOS brings. Yeah, spot on. Um, I think you're right. Like you say, we need. Um, we, yeah, you need. We need all the tools. Um, as and like you say, as a user and a non-technical person, yeah, it's um, unless you know the space, like you say, it becomes second nature and it's easy to navigate and things like that. But when I get when I speak to new people, it's like it's hard enough just getting them to sign up to Coinbase or something like that, which is an exchange and centralized and already pretty easy for them to use. So trying to bring them into a sort of decentralized ecosystem 
yeah, it's uh, it can get very complicated. So, um, so I don't know. I mean, we haven't really, I haven't really asked you, but what, what did really attract you to Cosmos? Um, I know you were saying you could have built it on Ethereum and things like that, but what was, what, what were the main points that sort of attracted you to Cosmos? Um, um, yeah, so I, I, to, to, to be clear, I probably could have tried to build this on Ethereum, but it wouldn't have worked. The, 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 um, the stack there is just too old and too, um, well, it's not, it's not that it's old. It's that it's, it's a first generation smart contract platform. And with gas fees and and a, a subpar language like Solidity that has yet to really advance much since 2015, um, what drew me to the Cosmos was this federation of blockchains. What if you go to the Cosmos website? I think on the main the the, the main um, uh, on the website there it says like the Internet of Blockchains, and that okay. To the to, if you just if you just read by that and you go Internet of Blockchains, okay, what the hell does that mean? It's probably just some buzzword, you know, it's just some some marketing speak, whatever. And you scroll down and you get into the guts of it. But if you slow down and you scroll back up and you look at it, it says the Internet of Blockchains. Okay, well, let's actually let's take that apart. So, in there is no primacy inside of the Internet. There's no there's no company named Internet. There's no uh, there's no mailing address for internet. Internet is a concept. Internet is an idea. It is a, it, it, it exists. We can, I think we can all agree that the internet exists, but we can't point to it. We can't, we can't send it an email. We can't sue it. We can't, you know, there's no board of directors. There's no CEO of internet. It's a collection of individuals that have come together to build a much larger network that identifies as the internet. And that is what the cosmos is. So you have sovereignty of each chain. So each chain, whether it's the Andromeda chain or, or you know, Stargaze or Secret Network or Atom, you know, the, the Cosmos Atom uh, chain or, you know, any of the hundred chains out there, they are all sovereign, meaning they do not pay rent to anybody. They do not ask for permission from anybody. They are open source software that is manifested onto a network and exists in it by, on its own. And what you don't have with, that's something you don't have with Ethereum. So all of these layer two solutions, they all tie back to Ethereum. They're the second layer on top of it. So everybody pays rent downward to Ethereum. So it doesn't matter if you're on Avalanche or any of these um, L2s that are out there, Optimism. And either, I mean, there's like a you know 15, 15 of them these days, it seems. Uh, these L2s with roll-ups and everybody paying paying rent downward. That does not scale very well because you're still bottlenecked with what Ethereum can do. And so inside the Cosmos, we have something called IBC which looks a lot like an, an, a normal network connection in between different machines. And so basically with IBC, we're able to, to forge a connection between two blockchains that's secure and start building out that way. And what happens is you can now build this fabric. So if you go to something like map of zones and everybody on this call should have already gone to map of zones, but um, if you go to map of zones, it kind of shows you how the network is connected and you start getting really great efficiencies. You get, you get load balancing you get a um, uh, much more competitive landscape so that you're not having to pay rent back down to Ethereum. You can, you can operate on your own, make your own decisions, and there's no, there's, no, there's no chain below you that has primacy. And so it's this architecture and the way that the Cosmos SDK was set up that allows for these app chains to be built, single-purpose blockchains um, out there, like things like DYDX, which is a great example of a... Of a, of a uh, application-specific chain. Uh, it does one thing and one thing really, really well. Um, you got protocols like 
you know, Jackal that have their own chain and they basically say, look, we're doing storage. That's all we're doing. We don't worry about anything else. We want to stay in our lane and just, you know, if you need storage, you come to Jackal. Well, we just wire that up into the, into the ecosystem. And now the, the aggregate, the aggregate, um, capabilities of the cosmos, you know, grows, uh, sort of quadratically, um, as, as more chains and more, more, more things enter the fray. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I think, like you say, one of the, that was one of the things that brought me um, to Cosmos when I first started was reading about IBC, the Internet of Blockchains. But like you say, it's the, the pointing out to everyone, knowing the difference that it's it is an ecosystem of ecosystems. Like there, it's sovereign. There's sovereignty, but interoperability at the same time. And I had a, I was speaking with someone um, about Polkadot a few days ago, and they were sort of saying about interoperability as well. But it's like I explained to them, but that's for, sort of for security, and you don't get no forced security within Cosmos and We've obviously got um, Interchain Security that's launched, Mesh, mesh Security coming, Babylon, like lots of things like that. So, yeah, I think you're right. Um, it's the, the ecosystem is um, going to be a lot broader than people think. Like a cache is a, is a cloud, like you say, Jackal's a storage. Um, you're going to be an operating system, so there's going to be infrastructure, tooling, DEXs. There's going to be basically a bit of everything. Um, do you want to – we haven't really spoken anything about uh, the IDOs, we've covered a little bit of um, what the AOS is, but do you want to just sort of explain to people what the Andromeda uh, digital objects are? Yeah, I think, um, so Myron, Myron actually has a pretty good handle on that because he works he works on the the design and implementation and capabilities of these ADOs on a daily basis. Yeah, no, definitely. I hope you weren't falling asleep, Myron. I did want you to chirp in. <laughs> yeah, man. No, no. I, I, uh, uh, I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, the ADOs basically, they're, they're, they're. If you can imagine digital Legos, or actually uh, building blocks that have more connections than a typical Lego would, that just have like singular or multiple uses that you can stack on top of each other, and each one of those, uh, each one of those boxes or blocks would represent a, uh, a. Uh, a smart contract that normally if you were if you were creating like a really complicated back end to uh, to an app uh you would have to be really careful about sequentially uh deploying those and making sure that everything was in was in a specific you know uh in specific line uh it's a very careful process and so basically we've abstracted away all of that uh just by making kind of a block builder that you can uh that you can use to just choose your functionalities and then go in and uh create a drop down list for some stuff and just fields for other things and it's kind of uh it's it's a brilliant concept it uh, uh and through that we've been able to standardize uh like you know as Cody was saying like you know the uh, each of the the chains themselves the SDK the the Cosmos SDK chains themselves they're built from the same technology but they're 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 differently uh, differently suited for their specific needs. And so if you're a builder, then you would have to like learn different skill sets for some of these. Uh, it wouldn't necessarily trans translate, you know, your, your skills wouldn't necessarily one-to-one -one translate to us to another chain. And so what we do is we abstract away the need to upgrade your skill set that way by allowing uh, like skilled developers on one chain to expand their uh, ability to build to whatever chain we touch pretty much. So if you're a Terra developer, then all of a sudden you can 
you know, develop on anything that we that we're compatible with. Um, so that's that's kind of a that's a big deal, really, uh, because that allows I don't know anybody that wants to to do the weird cross chain stuff. So like an NFT world or whatever, I can see somebody creating a game where it was a it was across ten chains and you had to you know fulfill uh, a quest on each of the chains in sequence. You know, I mean that kind of thing. So, but that's that's not obviously that's not the only you know way that it could be used. It could be used in a bajillion different ways. But each of the blocks, like we've got, um, you know, each of the building blocks as you bundle them, uh, you can really get some some great functionality out of them in just about any uh, just about any configuration you want to use. So, like if you're in, uh, let's see, you can create a. I've got kind of a list in front of me. So let's say a, a sale and exchange. We've got a CW20 ADO that allow you, allows you to create and mint and move CW20 tokens. And then, you know, you stack on top of that an exchange contract, right? Or exchange, actually, we would call it an ADO too. So you'd stack the two ADOs together with, uh, with a rates ADO. And then uh, you just mint some tokens, send them to the exchange, plug on the rates, uh, the rates ADO, deploy all that. And uh, uh, well, you would deploy it first, actually, and then mint and send and whatever. But you can kind of see what I'm talking about. So if you're a developer right now, you could uh, uh, take our system, deploy some, deploy a, a you know a string of smart contracts, and then uh, you know if you're sharp enough, you can use that to put a front end on. You know if you slap a Purcell and front end on it or whatever, like right now. But then in the you know the next phase for us, we'll be making frames basically. The, we're calling them embeddables that you can uh, take certain certain prefab uh, templates uh, and just basically click a button and it'll stack out all these ADOs for you. And then you fill out the information that you want, configure it how you need, deploy it, and it'll all just sequentially hit you know the blockchain. Uh, and uh, then the next step would be to to take the the in you know the address for that. Put it into a, one of our embeddable frames and then that would create a front end for you like a one page or two page front end for you so like a i don't know an nft marketplace or i don't know a cw20 exchange or a crowdfund uh, 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 interface uh, eventually it was going to be you know right now we've got i think 14 uh, like really solid ados but uh, as the developers uh, inside of our camp and folks that are going to be coming to us through hackathons and through submissions end up coming up with their own great ideas on ADOs with their own functionalities, then we're going to end up with a really huge uh, catalog of these ADOs that when stacked together will have just an, I don't know, an astronomical amount of, uh, of uses. And then like you can the uh, good thing about our web app system is that you can uh, take them and stack them out uh, together in whatever uh, configuration you want, and then you'll be able to eventually connect those to each other. So it's like, I don't know, the back ends of these can be extremely complicated. Uh, and uh, it's going to, what we've done basically is take, you know, 75% of the pain out of the process, you know? So, uh, yeah, did no, that, can I, if I just put in, so, yeah, so sort of coming from a, a non-technical sort of perspective, is it, so you're basically, it's building like a library of smart contracts that are sort of going to be 
like standardized templates that people can use. And obviously the library is just going to get bigger so that it makes everything a lot easier to build and build out as a sort of uh, Andromeda grows and obviously more ADOs get um, added and things like that. Is that sort of hitting the gist of what it is? Yeah, that's that's exactly correct. Yeah, uh, what we've done is we've created a, a logic library, the ALL is what we're calling it, and we it's a, it's a bunch of standardized contracts, and uh, all of our compatible chains will have updated versions of these across you know across the ecosystem, and uh, so anybody that's using the AOS system can use our system to access that entire library. So, you know, and I think if uh, uh, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself and start. You know, talking about features that we've that, that are uh, that are not uh, not uh, uh, I can't that I can't uh, uh, talk about right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's that's but, absolutely fine. Like you say, you, um, yeah. No, you I can, think that's really yeah. good because I think, like you say, although it's although you're aiming sort of at developers now and things like that, when you think about it long term, once once there's more ADOs, then someone like myself can come along and it will just be easy for me to be able to build something myself and deploy it somewhere. And um, like you say, yeah, it just, just making life a lot easier. Um, I think if, we, if we move on a little bit, um, maybe we can talk about what's happened lately. Um, I don't know whether you want to explain just some, some recent partnerships that have happened or, or sort of any, any sort of recent news. Whether you want to, I don't know whether you want to take that Myron or, you, Cody? Uh, yeah, I, I don't really work on the partnerships and stuff. Um, I'm trying to think who we've talked uh, who we've. That's fine. I mean, we can talk about the token yeah. if you want, if you know a bit about the token, the token launching, um, and, and a few things about a little bit about the tokenomics and how the Andromeda token works. Yeah, sure. So uh, the, the, this is a really important piece. So um, early on in the, in the design phase of our um, tokenomics and, and you know everybody on the call. We got to realize that that in order for these systems to work, they have to be they have to be able to pay for themselves. They have to be sustainable. They have to be they have to be built right and tuned correctly over potentially years. The the tuning probably never stops. It, of course, you know at first it's going to be very large macro tuning, and then we're going to get you know get things stabilized, and there's going to be micro tuning, which is you know the really small parts of the operating system and the tokenomics. Um, and this will, this will be done through, you know, open, open discussion and study. And, you know, the nice thing about these systems is that they're, they're fairly open. So, you know, we'll all be able to see the, the information going in and out of them and all this kind of stuff. And one of the, one of the, the, the big pieces that we settled on was what we didn't want to have a, an inflationary, uh, token base. We didn't want there to be new tokens being printed up out of thin air. Um, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of one of the things we're trying to get away from on the world uh, right now. If you look across the world, there's there's many, many regimes that are, you know, absolutely hurting um, their citizens by by using inflation. I mean, you know, one or two percent people don't really complain much about, but, um, you know, we're seeing anywhere from 10, 15, 20, 30. I'm, I'm actually in Buenos Aires right now, and these folks are seeing, you know, since I've been here, there's been about a one percent change um, in the last week in, in, in what the, what the value of these, what this currency is. And so that's one thing we didn't want to, to, um, bring into this, um, project from the get go. And so we have a, a one, we have a locked billion tokens. A, a billion is a lot. I mean, that's, that's a, that's, you know, you're not with a billion tokens, you're probably not going to see a $150 token out there. Some real heavy, 
you know, real heavy token like you see with Bitcoin or some of these other um, chains that have, you know, low token supplies. And so, um, so what we're looking at is um, uh, we've got this, this fixed supply of 1 billion. The, it's built around a, what's called a strong DAO or heavy DAO model, which means that the DAO owns really about half the supply. And that means that we, the whole, the whole, every token holder inside of the uh, ecosystem has, has some um, uh, control over those. So if the DAO, if the group of people, the token holders wanted to issue more tokens for a grant or to, to build out a certain system or to use in the future, we'll have those to, um, we'll have those to, um, to spend or to, to grant out. Now everybody wants to talk about you know what's the fully diluted value, and we kind of make like that 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 always the FDV always comes up in in, their, in the channels and stuff, and and to the to the core group and the guys that are really close to the ecosystem, it's kind of a question that really doesn't matter because we don't really expect all billion tokens to ever be out out in circulation. We want the DAO to have some of those things. Um, this we didn't build it as a currency; it really is a utility. It's built for. Um, for using uh, and securing different resources inside the operating system, so that might be that might be paying for developers or paying for software, um, and that doesn't mean like you know you're going to get locked into to a, a perpetual um, payment system. But if somebody is spending, um, you know, thirty, forty, fifty, hundred, fifty, two hundred hours writing software, we can't just keep saying, oh well, that's public good. Thank you for your time. We really appreciate. It. It's really cool, man. Like, yeah, that's really cool. Like, here's a cup of coffee, maybe, or something. No, like people, like developers need to be paid for their work. And we need to do it in a sustainable way. Um, sustainable not only for the developer, but also sustainable for the actual user base. So the idea here is, like I said earlier, with the, you know, $3 for a, for a, um, a game on your, on your phone, um, the same thing kind of happens here, but we have a much larger user base. Um, and so it might cost you a nickel or a dime, five or 10 cents. Uh, to to use a piece of software off the shelf, and what happens is that five or ten cents, you know, maybe maybe it might be twenty five cents if it's if it's in a rare case, and maybe it took an extra long time to build. Um, that twenty five cents goes to the developer, and then over time it goes down to say twenty two cents, and then eighteen cents, and then fifteen, and and so on, and it goes down all the way to basically zero, where the the developer has been paid back some amount, a very you know a good amount, and um, and then it, um, uh, their their work has been paid for. They feel good about it. They spent you know 100 hours and they made 100 thousand dollars. I think that's a pretty good payback for someone's work and expertise. I'm just using kind of example numbers there. Don't quote me on that. Um, but that's a fair deal. And, and now you have now the now the software that they wrote is now open source and use and anybody can use it um, for free because the developer's now been paid back. So that's one use of the token. Um, you've also got resource allocations. So, um, like like we, like I said earlier, we have about a hundred computers in the in the cosmos. These these computers we also call them blockchains. But um, there's only so much work that can be done by these chains. We have a, a maximum TPS transactions per second, and you know there's just chains like Say and DYDX that say they do, you know, fifty thousand transactions a second. That's True and not true at the same time. Not all transactions are are created equally. So if you're putting in something into an order book or removing, that's a different type of transaction than operating a smart contract, where there's a lot of logic and a lot of consensus that needs to be built across a lot of nodes. So what we do is um, we use the token to sort of referee and to find uh, market pricing for things like automation, 
Because if everybody wanted to automate all of their stuff all at once, it wouldn't work. So we've got to put a priority on it. So for someone like me, who has a you know a modest amount of assets on the on the chain, if I wanted to have everything restaked and maybe maybe some trade strategies um, acted upon and some rebalancing happening every say thirty six hours, it may not cost me a whole lot. But if I was a large enterprise and I was doing a lot of transactions and I, I needed stuff being done, you know, through automation. Um, every every three seconds, every five, you know, ten seconds, then I'm going to have to put up a lot more of that resource um, in order to to basically stake those uh, to reserve those resources. And so we use we use the ANDR token as kind of a throttling mechanism for a lot of that stuff. Um, you also need to have something for to prevent um, abuse inside the system, which is what gas is for. Um, you pay gas so that you can't spam the network and overload it and do what we call a DDoS, a distributed denial of service attack. Um, that's what gas prevents. And I'll, I'll use a really great example of this. Um, if emails cost one cent to send, we wouldn't have spam today. And each day, you know, even at the height of our careers, back when email was like all the rage, even like the mid 90 or mid 2000s, um, you know, you might only be paying 10, 15, 30 cents a day. I mean, how many emails are you sending? Well, for each of us that are on this call, we might send five, six, seven, ten emails a day. So that's ten cents, right? But to a spammer that's sending out billions of emails a day, it doesn't cost them a thing. So we've got to be able to to, to put pain points in there for for action so that people um, use their resources more more efficiently. And so it's it's that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's there's really we've got probably about a dozen different different ideas that we need to look at and implement over time and study. And roll those roll those um, those mechanisms out into the AOS across the different chains, and then see how they perform, and and really study this stuff because we're we're on the very 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 edge of what is possible in the cosmos. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, it was nice. That's quite refreshing to hear some different tokenomics like that. Um, we normally just hear about staking and securing the chain and and things like that. Um, and I, I think, like you say, people need to realize that. Um, again, I use like a cash as an example with like su subscriptions. It's like you were saying about renting out or sending things, you know, it's, it's something that's going to mature and grow over time. So it's not just going to happen overnight. It's something that is going to grow and, uh, mature over time. Um, I don't know whether, um, is it worth, maybe we should sort we of get we... close to wrapping it up now. Cause I don't know whether people have got calls or not. Um. And we're, we're running up to almost an hour. But is there anything that you want to um, cover that you think that we haven't spoke about, either of you? Well, I mean, I took my took my uh, uh, took my hand off the wheel a little bit earlier when you were uh, when you were asking about partnerships. I was having a sneezing fit. Sorry about that. Uh, no, that's fine. But uh, so we can revisit that. Um, but yeah, got, let's, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Go, yeah, go ahead. So, uh, Crack on. so I've got a ton of we've got a, a ton of partnerships that have either already solidified or in the pipeline or are on a handshake, and uh, they all kind of uh, uh, fill a hole or are just like expand our reach, and uh, you know just they're they're definitely all great. So uh, first off, the, the for the NFT world, one of the big holes that we had was uh, not having a storage partner. So uh, I think we've just signed on with Jackal, uh, and so that's that's what they do. So I'm assuming that that's going to be probably a pretty easy integration. They're they're a, a fun team to work with, and uh, like it's just it, they you know they're they're providing a service that's just fantastic. So 
you know, we need it and we need storage. There you have it. So, and then uh, uh, we've got Ori Chain. I don't know if you know those guys, uh, but they're 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 cutting edge uh, as well as Archway. And they've been doing uh, doing some really great things with with just uh, their builder base. Uh, we're actually on their decks. Uh, same with Secret. We're on Secret's decks. Uh, they've been a, a, a great partner for us. We launched on that, and uh, the idea with uh, with the Secret Chain is it's it's uh, it's privacy focused. So it takes a few extra steps to get into the system, but once you do, your uh, your balances are cloaked. So uh, it's uh, it's actually a great thing for everyone to have. And then past that, we've got uh, we've got some gaming and uh, some like there's Quan Studios, Q W O Y N. Those guys, they're they're one of our uh, gaming partners, as well as uh, uh, Animoca. They do uh, digital property rights for NFTs. So those are some those are some solid ones. And then uh, we picked up uh, we picked up some uh, auditing partners. So Zokio, Certic, Resonance, Quantstamp, uh, all auditing. Those are those are uh, some really heavy hitters. And so we're happy to have them aboard. And then we also uh, partnered up with Market Across and Chainwire, which are some of the premier PR uh, uh, focused groups, you know, firms uh, across. Uh, the end of the web three space. Uh, we've got some fantastic consultants that have just given us an amazing, uh, like some amazing guidance uh, called Roundtable 21. And I mean, since I pulled, got pulled in, they've been, I don't know, I don't know how to say it, but they've been kind of like mentorish to, to me anyway. So, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that, that's, that's a good stock list. And I know I'm forgetting a bunch but that's just uh that's the ones that i can think of kind of right off the top of my head <laughs> shall i chuck in a couple um i think injective was one of them as well oh yeah that's right forgot about injective, injective. uh terra oh yeah i forgot about terra yeah we're on uh did we're, you we're, did uh... you mention did you mention stargaze <laughs> as well oh uh hey man i'm sorry yeah <laughs> <laughs> and juno <laughs> uh, oh oh right 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 uh Awesome. So, so these these chains I've just mentioned, you're you're already integrated on, and if I'm yes, right, you're going to be integrating on Axelar or Chain and Say Network as well soon. Uh, I don't. I haven't heard anything about Say lately. Um, <laughs> sorry, man. The list is long. You know. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's uh, awesome. You were yeah. You were naming all ones off that I hadn't heard of. To be fair, so that was uh yeah. That was pretty cool. Oh, no, that's fair enough. Yeah, that's fair know, enough. So, yeah. um, but yeah, no, I think we've, yeah, I think we've covered a majority of that. I know that obviously a lot's been happening. Um, the first sort of phase with the roadmaps being complete now, and obviously it's on to, to phase two. So I'm just wondering whether maybe we leave that for a, a spaces next week and we can cover what's been done um, in phase one. And then we can sort of have a chat about what's going to happen in phase two and the focus for this year and everything. Uh, yeah, if, yeah. If any, if, if any of you are down for it, um, I don't know whether is. Does anyone? Does anyone in the audience have any questions? Does anyone want to come up and have they got anything they want to ask? If you just like stick your hand up or request to speak, um, yeah, feel free to. But um, yeah, I think I think we've pretty much covered uh, a lot of the basis for now um, until we start doing some deeper dives and things like that. Um, we can probably wrap it up now if if you guys are happy and you feel like you've spoken enough. Oh, wait, Finn, let me get Finn up here. 
I'm sorry, say what? Sorry, I'm just accepting someone to come up. I assume Finn's got a question. Can you hear? Can you speak, Finn? Is you your mic unmuted now? Me up. A uh, quick question. Uh, I've uh, I'm getting serious about development these days. I'm working with the Kujira's blockchain, but I'm real excited to learn how to uh, dig into Andromeda's tech. Who could I message just to at least uh, have someone I could talk to about some of the the DApps that I want to create? I believe you guys can help me get there a lot quicker. Yeah, um, I would say join our our Telegram group, which is linked off of our website. Or um, or on Discord, uh, Telegram's probably the best. Just go in there and sort of raise your hand, and and Myron or me or somebody on the team will will get to you and, and kind of um, figure out what lane to put you in. Um, if you're a Rust developer, then you'll probably talk to um, you know our, our smart contract guys. If you're one layer up from that, say you're a really good you know Python JavaScript guy, um, but you look at Rust and you're like, whoa, okay, maybe that's a little too much. Then we've got a different lane we can put you in. Um, talk to you know. Anshu and, and Leif and Danny and those guys, Myron can help out with that stuff. Um, and really just making sure we, we get you in front of the right person. Awesome. Thanks. I'll, I'll go I'll, uh, get on that Telegram group. Yeah. Glad to have you. By the way, I want to do a shout out to Cheddar, one of my favorite guys in crypto and Dallow. Actually, we've got Dallow and Cheddar right there in the, in the uh, space. Love those guys. Fun to work with. Awesome. No, that's perfect. Um, yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's been a, a, a pleasure having you both on and obviously thanks for everything you've explained we'll we'll get you back on and we'll do this again like i say next month um and yeah looking forward to seeing andromeda spread throughout the cosmos right on well thank you man thanks for having yeah. us on we really enjoyed it yeah yeah perfect Right, enjoy the rest of your day, everyone. Motherfucker screaming out loud, looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality, stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works, and we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt. We rape and plunder the earth, sit and wonder about the worth and plate. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless, trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets, dead ends dragging. Out the max amount of payments, red down days, got them acting all bankless. Yo, fam, what? Check these tokenomics, they probing this bear, flexing broken honest. I had to lay my soul down, I'm just roasting knotters, and then to end a long day, 11 bowls of chronic. Never known the politic, I was born to frolic. It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot. We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top. We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom over the impossible loss. It's all moss, and I'm liking the odds. Fond doing the morning. And forming mycological bonds Click the cap, yo, the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud Looking for mercy Before they find themselves Working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures Under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace Stacked in non Toxic, just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage Like the shit is played for keeps Clowns, white knight, and all these Maybellines They call it implausible When model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle Beats, tearing apart your community All these low-hanging fruits Bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach Coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management To grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts And send 
the messenger east Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each Motherfuckers fuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the verbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Tell me spaces. <laughs>